Welcome to Christian Life with Dr. William Baker. I'm your host, Dr. William Baker, and I want to start off by saying I hope that everyone has had a good week. How has your week been going so far? Good question. It's not Sunday. Don't have to go to church. Some people do. But how's your week going? Stressed out? Is it going good? Is it everything you've expected? Has there been some surprises? Well, everybody's got a different week to live. So I hope that everyone is having the best week they can. At the very least. Now, one of the things we want to talk about in this podcast today, we want to talk about tomorrow. And there's no guarantees with tomorrow. Then we're going to jump into Matthew chapter 7, verse 12 through 20. Now, tomorrow, how many of us out there think that there'll be a tomorrow? I mean, we don't really think about it. We wake up, go through life, our daily life, may or may not pray, may or may not read your Bible, may or may not think about God, but definitely the things that we've got to get done during the day. I hope those are parts of them. Because there's 24 hours in a day. That's a lot of time. And then we need so many hours of sleep. So, what about tomorrow? Are you certain that we're going to see tomorrow? Now, I don't mean the world's coming to an end. But what if life changed? What if it was your time? Are you certain there's going to be a tomorrow? So another way of asking that is, you know, are you saved? Now, it's two different ways to think about it. One's a little more um, in religious terms than the other. But you can certainly, you know, ask people that, get different reactions based on what they say. You can tell if they're Christian or not in most cases. You know, you don't have to come outright and ask. I mean, you can if you're not shy. Some people are shy and don't want to ask. Some don't want to irritate anybody or ruffle any feathers. I understand. These are difficult times in, in society. They've always been difficult times for Christians. But in the, what we're talking about now is, you know, the important thing. What if... What if I went to bed, didn't wake up? What if I went out, I woke up and went out somewhere and I dropped dead? I was sitting down at a restaurant and I just dropped dead. My food hits the plate or I fall out of the chair into the floor. And I'm just gone. Or it could be worse. I could go out and have a horrible accident. You know, let's think of a, you know, something. Tractor and trailer hits me. I'm, I'm walking across the street and splat. I'm, I'm just gone. You're not there anymore. Now, we know that there are two deaths. There's a physical death. And then there's a second death, which could be spiritual. But you may not have that second one. The first one's guaranteed. Everybody has to go sometime. God has a date. There's an expiration date on everybody. 
He's got a, he's got that expiration date on everybody. And it's not best if used by. Now, it is best if used by, you know, use it up before then, but you don't know when that date's going to be, right? So you got to use it up, make the best of it while you can. Now, and it's not, you know, best by date and then you got 2 weeks. <coughs> Excuse me. You know, and then you're really spoiled. Now, <laughs> when the date comes, you know, you're that's your shelf life. You're you're done. And hopefully it's not a shelf life because if you've been sitting on the shelf, then what kind of life have you been living? You need to think about that. Is it a Christian life? Is it a not so Christian but fleshy life? You've been partying it up. Have you been indulging in the opposite sex or the same sex? Have you been living like a king? and totally ignoring those in need that are really in need. I'm, I don't mean you, you know, go hold their hand and, you know, you can't make life better for them like that. But there's things we can do, right? But first, in any situation, first, you got to realize they're, you know, right now, if you're not saved, if you're if you're not saved, if you haven't asked God for forgiveness and accepted Jesus Christ into your heart, you need to do that. So the first thing you need to do is accept that God sent his only son, Jesus, to this world. He became a man. And then he was crucified on the cross. He died on the cross. And for an, just a few seconds there, he felt everyone's sin all at once. One time, all the sin just hits him. Now think about that. Innocent, sinless, and all at once, everything, everybody's done bad and evil in the world. He just absorbs. Takes it upon himself and dies on that cross for us. So we accept that. He died on the cross for us. And then he rose. He overcame Hades. And he went to heaven. To be with his father. Right? To prepare places for us. But that's the thing. He prepared the place for us. But we have to ask. We have to accept we have to accept jesus christ as our lord and savior that he did come to you know earth and he's god's son and he died on the cross and then we have to ask him for forgiveness we have to humble ourselves before god now we need to confess our sins all of our sins don't try to hide anything so oh, i don't want to say that you know i'll just I, oh lord i was speeding please forgive me no, even the, even the terrible ones. Oh, Lord, I, I committed murder. Lord, I committed adultery. Lord, I stole something. Lord, I have taken drugs and defiled the holy temple, my body. Or whatever it is. Thinking about it. You know, if, if, you've, if you've thought about it, you know, you got to ask for forgiveness. 
Accept Jesus Christ into your heart. And then we need to circumcise our hearts. <clears throat> we need to change. We need to change the person we are inside. You know, we can't just, you know, it's not about saving the world for everybody out there. It's, it's you know, oh, well, you can't do that because, well, you know, it's, it's like we were talking about before. Well, it's a, you know, mighty big log you have in your eye when they have such a small splinter in theirs. You know, you got to look at all of your sin and, and fix yourself first. How can you talk to others when you haven't even fixed yourself? You know, that's, that's a little bit of a double standard, isn't it? And you can't go to God that way. God doesn't want you that way. God wants you to humble yourself. Give yourself to him. It's not painful. For some it might be. Some will never accept Jesus Christ into their heart. It'll never happen. But you need that for tomorrow. So here's how it works. At some point, everybody's going to die. They're going to have a, a, a natural human death. Well, I say natural, but everybody's going to die at some point. And at that point, we've got the physical death. That's the first one. Hopefully the only one. And then we go before the white throne. Jesus sits on the white throne to judge us. He knows everything. Hopefully by that point, because it'd be too late to ask for forgiveness then, you've asked for forgiveness confessed all your sins, repented, made amends with those who you need to make amends with. And when God says, yes, you've accepted me. Yes, you've repented. You've, make amends, you've made amends. You have changed your heart. You have lived a Christian life from that point on. You have honestly, heartfully tried, done your best. Because God knows that we're fleshly beings. Now, when, when you know, we stand before God, when he's on the white throne, Jesus, excuse me, on the, on the right throne and judging us, if we're sinners, we'll be cast into the lake of fire with the devil. We're going to burn. You'll, you'll burn at that point. They say burn, you know, lake of fire. Um, you want to say it's an absence of God, but. There's really no absence of God because, you know, then that would be kind of outside of God's creation. Now we're getting into a funky territory. In that situation, you just can't recognize there is a God and you suffer. How? Well, part of it's being removed from God. He's left you. He's gone. Now, the other situation before the white throne is you're good. And then you're going to go up to heaven where you're going to enter your new body for your second life. Got a seat at the table for you with the treasures you built up. And no, it's not gold and it's not, you know, oh, my God, I've got all my video games and I've got the latest, greatest technologies. Eh, that's not it. You'll see family, friends, loved ones. You know, you won't have any wants. Excuse me, needs. You won't want anything.
So tomorrow's not guaranteed. You have to take action today. So I'm asking you, if, if you're not sure, if you really don't know, then, then it's very simple. Just get down on your knees and just say, God, I accept that you sent your son Jesus here who died on the cross for my sins and ascended to heaven. And I want to confess my sins. I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I'm going to change my heart. I'm going to do the best I can as a Christian and, and circumcise my heart. And the Lord will accept you. Now, God knows we're going to make mistakes because we're fleshly beings. It doesn't mean if you make a mistake after that that you're done. But you do need to recognize and repent of your sins and do a wholehearted attempt to not repeat this sin. So if you want a tomorrow, that's how you get a tomorrow. Now, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 12, the golden rule. So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Now, whatever you wish that others would do to you, think about that. Oh, I wish they would help me. I wish they would do this. I wish, you know, there's times <clears throat> I, I don't see all of my family. Some are a little resentful because I've got college. Some are resentful because, um, I, I don't know, I, I graduated college and um, I've done done all right. I haven't done the greatest. Uh, some are resentful because literally I wouldn't let them have, you know, all my money and checkbooks. I don't have a lot of money, my checkbook and, you know, bank card or whatever. I wouldn't let them control it. I mean, I work too hard. I have bills to pay. I have a family to take care of. But, you know, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Yeah, I could use some help with things at some time. So why can't I go help some of them, right? And I do. I would like, uh, you know, uh, well, I don't know. My goodness. Um, just take like, like my father. There's times I'd like my father to come see me. I said, well, I'll go see him. Yeah, I'll go see him. I'll go see him. Most of the time I go see my father. But I wish he would come see me. He does. About twice a year. I see him more than that. But, you know, that's, it, it's kind of like that. I don't know why. Um, I, I wish they'd love me more. Because some of my family members hate me. But you know what? I do love them. I don't hate them at all. If they actually talk to me, um, you know, and they do, some do, when I contact them, I want to see how they're doing. I care if there's anything, you know, that, that, that they desperately need, I will, I will help with if I can. 
Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. Enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. Okay. So, so verse 13 there. Enter by the narrow gate. They're telling you right there, the gate is small. It's tiny. And then it tells us, you know, it's telling us to enter that gate. Now it's telling us about the larger gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy. That leads to destruction. It's telling us right there, it's too easy. You can just, you could just walk in any direction. You're going to go through the gate that goes to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. People don't want to give up the fleshly things, the, the fleshly life, to live a Christian life. It doesn't mean you can't have things. But it doesn't mean, you know, you got to help everybody. But people are so self-centered. They don't want to help anyone at that point. My goodness. And, uh, you know, that that's a shame. You've got to work for the narrow gate. It's not easy. It's not going to be easy. You've got to actually, just like I said, you've got to work. You've got to put effort into it. You've got to pray, read your Bible, outwardly show, you know, exemplify Christian values and beliefs and standards. Matthew chapter 7, 14. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. I mean, it's being straightforward. The Bible's being straightforward there. And we already know you got to work for it. it. It's not easy. They tell you right there, the way is hard that leads to life. Death is easy. Well, we're all going to die a fleshly death, but you don't want that second death. You don't want that. The absence of God. God, you know, you're, you're boom. It's just, you know, I can't even imagine that. And those who find it are few. There's not many. Stay strong, my brothers and sisters out there. Stay strong. God wants the best for us. Don't, don't be put off by God and people say, oh, well, he did this and he did. Uh, really? Or was it somebody else? Is it somebody interpreting the Bible wrong? Is it, you know, you've really got to think about that. God wants the best for everybody. If they come and accept him, you know, in previous podcasts we talked, you know, why are you going to give your pearls to a pig that are going to trample them underneath their foot? You're going to protect the pearls. You're not going to let the, the swine, the pigs, any, anywhere near it, the dirty little beasts. Matthew chapter 7, verse 15. Now, this is a true, a tree and its fruit. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. 16. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So let's digest those two verses. Beware of false prophets. Of course you've got to be able to tell false prophets from true prophets. If you want to know how to tell a false prophet from not, go read John. John's got some good 
information on discerning who's a false prophet and who is a true prophet who come to you in sheep's clothing. Oh, they're camouflage. Man, think about that. You've got sheep wearing camo. They don't want you to see them because they're not sheep. They're wolves. So they got camouflaged. So you don't see the sheep, but you see the wolf. Dangerous. You've got a sheep, innocent. You've got a ravenous wolf. You're going to think of fangs and they're going to, you know, claw at you and bite you and rip you apart. You know, those are the false prophets. Doesn't have to mean physically, it means spiritually, because if you listen to them, they're going to put you in danger, if not send you on the wrong path and destroy you. Matthew 7, verse 18. Excuse me, verse 17. So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. Verse 18. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Verse 19. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. 20. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. So let's go back. So every healthy tree bears good fruit. So you can see... And what this is saying, you know, you, you're we're talking about trees and fruit, but you can think about people and children and families and a healthy tree. It could be a family tree. And then you get new little twigs and leaves and branches, and those are the children. Now, why is it good? Because the stronger part of the tree is going to, Make sure that the newer part of the tree is healthy. The parents are supposed to make sure that the children learn and understand, have that knowledge, so that they're good and they do good things. But the diseased tree bears bad fruit. Because when you think about that, it's going to be bad fruit because the diseased tree is diseased in its core. It can't get better. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit. No, the fruit may fall off and die. It may fall off and start a new tree that's bad. But the healthy tree already got rid of it before it was bad. Nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit because it's diseased. It can't make good fruit because it has to pull from its internal resources to make the fruit. And, it, and it's pulling from that bad stuff that's in the tree. Well, that's going into the fruit, so the fruit's not good. If the people are bad and they're raising their kids, the kids are gonna may learn certain things that are good, but ultimately they're going to see the mother and father and whoever doing bad things. They're going to hear them seeing, seeing, saying bad things. They're going to internalize that. They're going to hear it, see it. And it's, it's, it's a corruption. Now, you can get that out of the children. They're learning. They're still like Play-Doh. It tells you, verse 19, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Why? 
Well, a good farmer, if you've got somebody with an orchard or something and the tree's bad, disease, you know, they're going to cut it down, they're going to throw it in the fire. They don't want it to spread. They don't want the disease to spread. They don't want the disease tree sucking up the nutrients from the soil. So it's just like, you know, if the a branch is pulling from the, the core trunk of the tree, it's pulling those resources out, feeding the bad part, cut the bad part off. You'll recognize them by their fruits. What's good or bad? Look at what people do. That's the fruit. It's the fruit of their labor. Right? Yes. So you'll notice that. You'll, you'll see it is what they do, their actions. You know? And it, and it says a lot about what you do as a Christian. Is it good fruit? Are you living the freshly, fleshly fruit life, which is bad? Then maybe tempting you look at, oh yeah, I want to do that. I want to do this. I want to do, but is it really good for you? Is it good for those that see you doing it? Nope, it sure isn't. That's what I wanted to talk about today. But you got to think about that because tomorrow's not guaranteed. You know, do good things. Repent. Don't do those bad things. There's always room to change. Now, I know at the beginning of the podcast, I asked how everybody was doing. I hope everyone was doing wonderful and having a great week. But some, some people are having challenges out there. Some people are having bad weeks. Some thing, people are having harmful thoughts toward themselves or others. Now, I, I want to say this very clear. If, if you're, you know, having troubles, if you're disturbed, if you just want to talk, if you're thinking about harming yourself or others, you know, reach out to me. I'm not going to tell anybody. I don't tell anybody. It's between you and me. I will reach back out to you. I'll either, you know, it depends on how you contact me. That's how, you know, if you go to podbean.com, look for Christian Life with Dr. William Baker. There's a contact form there. Put your information in the contact form. You know, I will get it. and. You know, if you tell me to give you a call or you know, we just want an email, we can start off with an email and or a call, uh, but I will reach out to you. Um, we can talk, you know, I'm not going to be one way or the other. I'm, I'm, I want to hear what you have to say and see if there's something I can do to help you spiritually, to put you in the right mindset. Um, so I, I do care. And that's one thing I do care. So. You know, if you're if you're debating on anything, you know, don't hurt yourself. Please don't hurt yourself. I don't want you to do that. Um, if nothing else, you know, things aren't going 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 good for you. You know, don't hurt yourself for me. You know, don't don't hurt yourself just because of me. And give me a give, give me excuse me. Send me you know information on that contact form. I'll reach out to you. It won't take me forever either. I'll reach out to you quickly, and uh, and we can talk. You know, no harm, no foul. But um, having said that, I'm always here. And I want to wish everybody the best week that they can possibly have. Lead a good life. Think about those around you. Think about tomorrow. Ask God for forgiveness. Accept him in your life. Change your heart. Make sure there is a tomorrow for you.
with that, I want to say God bless. Bless everybody out there. Let your heart not be troubled. Uh, this has been Christian Life with Dr. William Baker. I'm your host, Dr. William Baker. Have a blessed week.